This week's episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com Talking Southern Miss athletics with some pretty knowledgeable Southern Miss fans. Great place to go, unvarnished, unfiltered. You won't have to sift through the propaganda. Southern Miss fans, check it out. CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I am Jamie Arrington. Jason will be joining the show momentarily. If this is your first time listening, we are here to give you a break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Amazing guest. Had such a fun time with this guest. You're going to enjoy the interview. But before we get to that, a little bit of news up front. The postseason is over for both men and women's basketball. Uh, baseball had another sweep in Conference USA this past weekend. Softball won their first uh, Conference USA series on the road. So a great weekend for Southern Miss Athletics. Yesterday was the 32-year anniversary of one of the greatest moments in Southern Miss basketball history. The Golden Eagles defeat LaSalle 84-80, winning the NIT championship at Madison Square Garden. What a special moment for so many Southern Miss fans, for so many people. I mean, I was, what, seven years old or eight? I don't know. I'm not good at math. And during the breaks, I would go shoot on my little Southern Miss goal that hung on the back of my door in my room to try to help just like some kind of superstition I made up for myself. Now, clearly that doesn't work for me anymore, but back then for that game, it worked. <laughs> My aunt was uh, about to give birth and uh, she took me to the, when they came back to the Coliseum the following day, she took me out there and it was just like one of the highlights of my youth. Like, you know, some guys, they, their idols was like, were like Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. Mine were keys Fisher, Hamilton, and White, you know? So anyways, and I got to, to meet those guys a couple of years ago when they had the reunion. I think it was the 25-year reunion at Most Shots. I got everybody to sign a poster. It's hanging up on the wall in my office. Uh, so this is always a special time of year for Southern Miss fans and um, a, a victory that certainly should be celebrated. I mentioned it last week, and it has happened. We announced... This year's Last for Life. So I'm involved with a group called Last for Life, Ken Oliver. I run Hub City Comedy, and he Kent puts on this big charity benefit. I think we've raised like 425000 for myeloma research, cancer research. Uh, some of the proceeds going to the Forest General Cancer Center as well as Cure Childhood Cancer. So this is the fourth annual edition of Last for Life. We announced the show, and I'll let you in on a little tidbit of it right now. Hey, it's Frank Caliendo, and I'll be back in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yes, Miss- I should have fixed this. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, for the fourth annual Last for Life comedic event. Mississippi, of course, home of Morgan Freeman and Brett Favre. August 2nd, might have said that already, and we'll see you there. Hakuna Potato. That's right, Frank Caliendo, as seen on ESPN, as seen on Fox, uh, the man with all the great impressions, he's going to be back at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. Tickets are going to go on sale this Friday, I believe at 10 a.m. So go to laughsforlife.com. That's laughs, the number four, life.com. All this going to a great cause. It's a great event. We've sold out the past two years. Been an amazing time. The Sanger is so much fun when it's packed out. And also he's bringing a special guest with him, Keith Alberstadt. Who, Keith is from Nashville originally. Great guy. He came um, a couple of years ago with Bill Ingvall and put on an amazing show. And we had a lot of people clamoring to have him come back. So Frank Caliendo, Keith Alberstadt, I usually host. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> it's going to be August the 2nd at the Sager Theater in Hattiesburg. That's on a Friday. 
So if you're out of town, you could definitely make plans to come back to Hattiesburg that weekend. You have a whole month to kill before you have to come back for some football. Also, kind of on the same kind of note. So a buddy of mine, his Netflix special came out this week. He was on Last for Life this past year. So if you're if you need to check out some comedy, if you have Netflix, go to Netflix when you finish listening to this show. Look up Nate Bargatze, the Tennessee kid. The special is amazing. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I mean, me and Nate, same age. He was like the second comic that uh, I booked here in Hattiesburg. Last year was his third trip here. I mean, me and him are the same age. He's a lot funnier than I am, but uh, I'm really excited for him. I think huge things are ahead. So this dude's been to Hattiesburg three times. It's something that you can be proud of as a local uh, great guy. And uh, we'll bring him back. I'm, I'm, we got to find a way to make that happen. But Nate will definitely be back in one of the one of the best specials out right now. So go check that out. Also, Jason will beat me with a belt if I don't mention this. Go to to festivalsouth.org and vote for to the top talk for best local po- podcast in this year's best of the Pine Belt Awards voting. Going, you can vote once per day per email address slash. IP address. All right, now that we've got the self-promotion out of the way, let's touch on some of the athletic happenings in the past week. Southern Miss basketball, as we mentioned last week, they were playing in the CBI tournament, and unfortunately they went on the road, and it the outcome did not go as planned, falling 90-68 to to the Longwood Lancers. So I don't know what happened in that game. I'm sure everybody involved was disappointed, but certainly doesn't um, put a damper on what was another another one. <laughs> For the most part, this past basketball season, something to be proud of, and um, they're proud of the, the seniors. And I, I wish they could have gone out better, but you know that's why you play the game. The Lady Eagles played in the WBI on Thursday, March the twenty first, defeating Nickel State seventy seven to seventy one, then falling at home to North Alabama, 69-65. So a solid uh, season for the Lady Eagles as well. as uh, Both the men's and women's teams made it to the postseason. Southern Miss Baseball this week. Uh, last Tuesday, March the 19th, the Golden Eagles defeat ULM 5-4 before putting a hurting on Old Dominion. Old Dominion played in the NCAA tournament in basketball and got hammered. Then their baseball team came to Hattiesburg and got demolished and we're talking to the tune of let me do the math 34 to 4 on the weekend so friday southern miss 11 odu 0 then saturday 14 to 4 sunday 9 to nothing so yeah 34 to 4 is your grand total on the weekend and yesterday that's march the 26th southern miss defeated nickel state 5 to nothing down in metairie the shrine in Metairie, the Golden Eagles are now 16-6 and on the year, 6-0 and in Conference USA, putting up some ridiculous numbers in those Conference USA games. Walker Powell, for the second time this season, named Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. They're going to be on the road this Friday through Sunday at the University of Texas San Antonio, then come home to face South Alabama on Tuesday, April the 2nd. Let's touch on football real quick before we get to softball. Pro Day happened yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, it was Monday, March 25th. I don't have any official uh, stats. I haven't seen anything released yet, but uh, some of the guys had a really solid day. Hopefully this leads to future dreams to be realized. Hopefully in the NFL for some. If if not there, then maybe the CFL or the uh, AAF, whatever the American Football League is now. (laughs) The spring game. It's going to take place on Saturday, April the 13th at 11.30 a.m. The honorary coaches for this game are Brett Favre and Reggie Collier. So if, if you're not coming out for the football, which, I, you know, always one of my favorite times of the year is, you know, the spring football game to get to see how the team is progressing. But you have the incentive of the two best quarterbacks in Southern Miss history to be honorary coaches. My apologies to Nick Mullins and Austin Davis and Dustin Allman and Jeff Kelly and whoever else. But yeah, Brett Favre and Reggie Collier are, are uh, I'm sure it would be hard to argue that those two are the pinnacle of Southern Miss quarterback success. All right. And softball this week, 
the Lady Eagle softball team falls to South Alabama four to nothing at home. Then on Saturday, March the twenty third, doubleheader at UTEP. First game winning eleven to three. Second game falling seven to six. And then on Sunday, defeating the UTEP Miners thirteen to two to secure the conference USA series victory on the road. The Lady Eagle softball team currently seventeen and fourteen on the year. Four and five in Conference USA. Certainly making progress. Certainly there's big things ahead. You want to come out. You want to check them out this Saturday. Three-game series at home against the Marshall Thundering Herd. Game one at 1 p.m. Tickets from 4 to $8. I believe it's Disney Day. Bump is all psyched up about this. So <laughs> go out, support the softball team. And on that note, we've got an amazing guest today. I really enjoyed listening to this interview. Jason did a pretty decent job by Jason's standards with his interview, but we've got the head coach of the Southern Miss softball team, Wendy Hogue. Alrighty. Welcome to the show today. Former William Carey head softball coach, actually a member of the William Carey Hall of Fame, current Southern Miss head softball coach, uh, all around softball legend and guru, Fresh out of practice, I believe, getting ready for Marshall this weekend. Welcome to the show, Wendy Hogue. Coach, what's going on? Hey, not too much. Beautiful day. Had an opportunity to get better. Excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It has been way too long. I know you and I, have kind of, we've met each other a time or two uh, over the past couple of years. And honestly, on the show, we just don't give the ladies enough love. So uh, thanks for coming on, taking the time in the middle of the week. And um, if it's okay with you, I'd like to go back to the beginning, kind of see like where it all started off for Wendy Hogue. So where exactly did you grow up and, and get involved with softball? Oh, wow. Um, well, I, I'm actually, I'm 44 years old, and in all 44 years, I've lived within 30 minutes of the University of Southern Mississippi. Grew up in a little town called Runnelstown, and uh, it's right outside of Petal, and um so obviously start you know go through t-ball playing softball and and loved it and uh, got to high school went to Perry Central High School and a uh, real small school and not a lot of sports especially not a lot of I mean there were basketball and cheerleading and that, that's all we had for for females and uh, I just remember asking one of the coaches when we didn't have softball and uh, he said well we we don't have a coach and. Uh, He's actually the superintendent of Perry County Schools right now, Scott Dearman. But uh, anyway, so Coach Terry asked him where baseball tryouts were. And he told me, and myself and one other young lady went and tried out for baseball. And uh, the very next day, we um, there was a posting that we were going to have softball tryouts. So, uh, so anyway, that was exciting. So we, we, we started a, a, a program there at Perry Central, and, and I guess that's how it started. Of course, it was slow pitch. Um, and then... Uh, but fortunately, had an opportunity to go to Jones Junior College and, and, and uh, on some scholarship to play softball there, and uh, did that for two years. And uh, from Jones, oh gosh, Jason, this is this is going way back. But I was actually engaged to be married and working for the U.S. Postal Service when I when I finished at Jones, and uh, didn't know anything about fast pitch softball. You know, at that time, Southern Miss had dropped this program. There, there was no fast pitch around, and. Uh, so um, working full-time for the post office and, and got a call from a friend of mine that I had played a former teammate at Jones, and she said, hey, uh, she said, you've got to come see this. She said, I'm, I'm going to play softball at, at William Carey. She said, we just started fast pitch. And I said, well, tell me a little about it. Jason had never seen a game, had never seen a fast pitch softball game. I got off work. I worked the night shift at the post office. Got off work and uh, took a little nap drove over and watched some practice at William Carey, and I knew then. I said, I, I, I've got to do this. I've got to play this, especially when I found out you could steal. So that was back in, gosh, that was uh, that was 19, the spring of 1995. And uh, the very next day, I went and turned in my two weeks' notice with the Postal Service and uh, you know, broke off my engagement and, and went back to school at, at William Carey. And uh coach told me, he said, hey, if you can uh, – if you can hit and catch and throw, we got a spot for you because they had just started it. Ended up working my way into the scholarship and uh, 
you know, I guess the rest is kind of history. Played there, and, um, you know, the game of fast pitch softball changed my life. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful for a former teammate that, that gave me a call, and, you know, all these years later, and uh, now that's what I'm blessed to do for a living. Right, and, you know, and you mentioned that, that transition from slow pitch to fast pitch, and I think it was while you were at Pedal High School, um, you were you were the head coach at Pedal when that kind of the fast pitch made its way into the high school ranks. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look at you doing your homework. A little bit. Um, I actually graduated from from William Carey and um, had actually done my student teaching at Pedal, and and I put in one application. Uh, I, I thought I was going to go to full time ministry with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and I think, you know, God, if you want me uh, teaching and, and coaching, uh, I, I want to do it at Pedal, and. Uh, we learned I ended up getting hired at Pedal and was there. Was actually an assistant slow pitch coach with with Karen Arnold, and um, Larry Watkins was the the AD at the time. And he came to me and he said, "Hey, what do you think about starting fast pitch softball?" And I said, "Hey, it sounds great." So we did. We we started fast pitch softball in '99, um, 2000 season was our first. And if you'll remember, uh, that's the year that they brought it back to Southern Miss, so that we had all the hype. We had the perfect team to to kind of look up to and, and, and model ourselves by. Um, I, I was fresh out of, um, you know, everything. The game was still new to me, so there was so much um, there was so much knowledge just out there to be gained. And, and we, we had a great time at Pedal. It, it was the, you know, it was, it, it was tough getting it started in the communities, but as far as the high school went, those girls just jumped on board. And we, um, I, I think I was there with that team for four years. We made the playoffs every year. I uh, made it to South State, and I never won the big one. But um, anyway, they, they the, the, the city of Petal just just jumped all over the game. Such an exciting game. So so we started it there at Petal, and then from that, um, it, it's kind of crazy, Jason. I remember after the the very, Steve Knight was AD at William Carey. His daughter played at Oak Grove. Uh, pedal and oak of the gravels, you know that. And uh, <laughs> so uh, we had actually had, had some success against Oak Grove um, the the first year I was there. And Coach Knight called and he said, "Hey, you you're interested in in coaching at the next uh, you know in college? We'd love to have you back at William Carey." And I said, "Oh, Coach, come on now, I've only coached one year. I'm I'm not ready for that." And so they hired somebody else. Uh, the next year, I got a call, crazy. It was, it was Joe Garvin was the coach, and he said, hey, I'm looking for an assistant. I heard you're not ready to be a head coach at the next level, but how about being an assistant? And uh, and I said, you know what? The, he told me what the salary was, and I said, look, I'm recently married. Just uh, can't make that jump right now. So I stayed at, at Pedal another year. The third year. I got a call, and they said, hey, we're, we're looking for a coach. You, you ready now? And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, I am pregnant, and I do not think this is a good time to make that decision. remember having a conversation with my husband. He said, oh, when you got three strikes and you're out. He said, no way you're going to ever coach college ball. And, uh, you know, his nickname is Negative Ned. But, um, and I told him, I said, you know, I, I said, having fun do, doing what I do. And I'll be doing this the next year. Got, got the call again. So four times a charm. Uh, everything worked out. It, it was perfect timing. And and I uh, was fortunate enough to get hired at William Carey and ha- had a really good time there for 10 years. Sure did. Yeah. Those William Carey years. I'm just going to rattle <laughs> these off for a second. But you're at William Carey for 10 years. Um, six 40-win seasons, three 50-win seasons. And is this right? Five national championship appearances? That 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 is correct. Um, That's incredible. Um, it's uh, it, it was actually not five, six. We, we we had six. Okay. Um, while while I was there. Um, so I, I don't know because we Jason the first year that I was there, the, the year before they were two and thirty eight, and I remember thinking, wow, no pressure. You know, you went through the ball games and, and probably going to get another year on, on that contract. And the next year, I think we won 14 games, and you would have thought that we were a World Series team. It's just the environment, <laughs> the girls, man, they were they were so bought in. And the next year, we were we were about 500, and uh, and and then the next year, same thing. And I remember my assistant, a long time assistant, Coach Fletcher. Uh, we we were talking, and uh, you know, we said, you know what? I think it's I think it's us. I think whatever we think, you know, that first year, I thought, man, if we can just get double-digit wins, we're going to be okay. But we did. The next year, I thought we were good enough. I said, well, we should go about 500 this year. That's exactly what we did. 
And uh, the same thing the next year. I said, hey, we, we should have another good year, you know, at least 500. So he and I just said, hey, whatever we expect, that's what's going to happen. Let's just tell these kids we're about to win 40 games. You know, and we kind of kind of laughed about it, but then we said, let's, let's show them how we can. And, and that's what we did. We went four, I'll never forget it, uh, 42 and 7 that year and uh, made it first trip to the national tournament. Um, was actually ranked in March of that year. Um, we, we, in the first NAI ratings that year, we came out, um, we, we were 17 and one, and we, we came out in the top 25. And just you know, and to this very day, Legal Carry has never fallen out of the top 25 rankings. Wow. Since, since March of, uh, oh gosh, I guess that was 2000, spring of 2008 is, is what that was. So, um, Anyway, so there's some good times back there, and we just and we just challenge each team. Don't be the team that lowers the bar. It, it was fun. It was fun uh, being a part of that, growing up with those girls, and, uh, and and just building a successful program. That was a lot of fun. Yes, very cool. Um, yeah, really turned that William Carey program into a, like you mentioned, like a national power. Um, so that's awesome. And, you know, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. I mean, and everything looks like it's going to go that way at Sutter Miss too. But also, <laughs> while you're at William Carey, and we, we mentioned in the open, but I don't want to just gloss over it. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. You were inducted into the William Carey Hall of Fame. Um, just tell me what that meant to you. Well, it was, what an honor. What an honor to be, um, you know, any recognition is such an honor. Heck, this interview, what, what an honor to, to be talking with you guys. But I'd actually been at, at Southern Miss for a couple of years when, when I got the call. And uh, it, it was it, it was so rewarding because you know i i kind of didn't want to leave william perry you know i felt like i was supposed to be at southern miss but man i love reading it's where i went to school it's where i got my start it's where i fell in love with the game of softball and uh and so for them to to realize what you know what i had the opportunity to be a part of while i was there and then having opportunity to be inducted into the hall of fame uh that was you know, and with the names that are in there, you know, you've got Steve Nye, you've got Bobby Hawford, and, and then you've got that. And I was a former player as well, so to be in there with some of my former uh, teammates, it's, it's just, it means a lot. William Carey is a very special place to me, that's for sure. Right. Well, and it must have been tough, you know, after building it up to that point, <laughs> 10 years. I mean, 10 years, that's a that's a long time. But, like you mentioned, um, you know, you, you you seem to move sometimes, but whenever you move, you don't move that far. So you found yourself uh, right down the road at Southern Miss. I mean, it's hard to believe, but this is your fifth season at Southern Miss. Um, what, what's it been like just making that transition to the D1 level? I mean, at this point, you've you, you've played, you've you've coached, you've heck, you've introduced the sport in essence um, to the region. Um, is it all? Is coaching just coaching, or is there a different uh, different way you handle each level? Well. That's a great question. The game, I've told so many people, the game is the same. Uh, unfortunately, the difference at, at the next level, uh, and it took me a couple of years to, to figure this out, and uh, we, we, we could talk for a couple of hours about this, but I had a, there, there's a lot of former NAI coaches that, that coach me, like Mike Smith at, at Ole Miss now, he was at Cal Badgers, we were long-time rivals, uh, Becky Clark, who's at South Al, she was at University of Mobile in Spring Hill, and um, Rick Freeman at Southeastern was at Bell. So we were all, you know, fierce competitors against each other. And I remember calling Becky uh, when when I decided to to, to take the job uh, at, at Southern. And I remember calling her and she said, now, when did she say, I'm going to tell you. I asked her what the biggest difference was. She said, at, in the NAI, she said, you win because you you outcoach people. She said, at, uh, at Division One, she said, the only way you're going to win is to out-recruit people. And I remember that hitting me like a ton of bricks because I had accepted the job and I had also accepted, um, I, I guess, kind of the stipulation that I was told that the kids who are committed to Southern Miss, I have to honor their commitment. Well, at the time, you know, I'm young, I'm, I'm wide out. Hey, fine. You know, we're, we're going to win. Give me right. whatever. We're about to go win ball games. And, and that's not necessarily true. And you have kids, and I'm not saying the kids weren't talented. In softball, you commit extremely early. Now, that's changed now. We had a new legislation go in place last summer. But um, back then, you, you were committed. So it took me, it was actually last year was the first year at Southern Miss that, that my recruit, that, that entire recruiting class was mine. 
Um, wow. So the first year I was there, um, I brought over uh, Bailey Stokes at Christmas. Uh, was the only kid I brought in my, my first year because we didn't have a catcher. The catcher who, who was there um, had, a, had a broken back. Um, and then they had two kids, two catchers that left during the summer. So when I took the job, there was no catcher on the team. So we, we brought over Bailey, um, a JUCO transfer. She ended up uh, obviously certainly being one of our best players and, and one of our leaders for the next next three years, that season and the next two. The following year, Jason, I was able to bring in, we still signed the kids that were committed to the previous staff, but I brought in two JUCO kids, uh, Lauren Holyfield and Tori Dew. And uh, both of those were National Junior College Players of the Year, and, and, and they ended up being, you know, all conference USA. Lauren Holyfield was actually in conference USA, newcomer of the year. So it, it, I was able to bring in some kids throughout the, those first four years, but it, it wasn't until last year that the entire class was was my signees so that that's tough and especially when you're told hey, and, and again let me go back and say we have some great kids there's some great girls there's some talented kids but the recruiting process is so important because that's when you get to know each other's styles my coaching style is extremely different from the previous staff but they went after kids who, who would be successful under their style so uh the way i wanted to build a lineup wasn't the way that they built lineup so it it, it, it took so long and I got I'm not gonna lie, it was a little frustrating because you wanna win so badly and, and the, the community wants you to win so badly and, and you know and I'm preaching to the girls it's a process, it's about buy in, buy in, culture, culture and it's just it's just exciting to finally see those things come in the past. You know, back in twenty sixteen we were able to uh we pulled around and and, and, and won a ring. Um that that was a lot of fun, um, but I but I do think that that put a lot of expectations on the program. I knew in my mind that that we weren't ready to to necessarily defend that the next year because you know. Um, but I, I do feel like this this year is certainly the best team uh, talent wise, top to bottom, pitching, uh, catch hitters, top to bottom. This is the best team we've had in, in five years. Um, I do think next year will, will be even better and, and, and the years to come as well. Um, now, if another coach came in right after me, they may not think so. But, but we finally got, I feel like we've got some speed. I feel like we've got a, I feel like I can finally write a lineup that I'm comfortable writing. You know, I've got pitchers who pitch my style. They're not all the same style. So they can go up, down, in, out, change speeds well, to fill their position well. Just, uh, it, it, it was a tough transition. To answer your original question, it, it was extremely tough uh, making that adjustment to the division. When I thought the toughest thing was going to be compliance and all the rules. And in, in, in AI, there's really no recruiting rules. Uh, division one, certainly there's a manual that's about three inches thick. And uh, so I thought that was going to be the toughest. But actually the toughest was, um, you know, getting, being patient while, while trying to get kids that fit my style of coaching in there. So um, another thing, and you can ask about this, but another thing that, that's been tough, and, and I love a challenge. Don't get me wrong. I love a challenge. When I talk about things being tough, that, that drives me. Um, so another thing is when you win at, at a mid-major, everybody wants your coaches. <laughs> so, True. so you, you know, we, we, we fool around and win in 2016. Uh, 2015 was my first year. We, we won a ring in 16. I lost my uh, – Every assistant that that I had, um, they're, they're you know they're head coaches now. Um, so then the next year, we uh, you know you bring so it's just consistency that that that's tough at, at this level as well. To where at William Carey, you know it, it was Craig and I um, eight of those ten years. I, I think everybody that worked at William Carey when I left are still there five years later. And then you know so it's just a. Um, Consistency at the Division One level, consistency in winning, consistency in the staff, consistency in kids. Because Division One level kids, they if they don't play, they 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 know they can go somewhere else to play. You know, um, so it, it's getting those kids to buy into being a team player and, and, and playing their role until their role eventually works into them becoming an everyday starter. So, so it, it it's been tough, but it but it's been fun. Um, Certainly, it's, and, and I've enjoyed every step of the process so far. So, in other words, you've got to hate to lose more than you love to win. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. If I've said that one time, I've said it 900 times, probably this past week. Uh, no, but yes, you, you absolutely have to hate to lose more than you enjoy winning. Right. 
Um, so, you know, it may be not all the success that you would like to see so far uh, during your tenure here at, at Southern Miss, but, it, but I mean, looking back, it's just – the, the the wins and losses. I mean, you've had wins uh, over over big teams. I mean, the, you go down the schedule, the win loss record every year, and it's just riddled with huge victories. Uh, big wins over nationally ranked teams like Ole Miss. Uh, I think last year um, Louisiana Lafayette was ranked, you know, right around the top ten. You, I think you swept yeah. them, and and there's there's been a yeah. list of mm-hmm. others. So. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure wins like this. You mentioned recruiting earlier. Wins like this uh, probably help in recruiting. And it, was the softball complex already there when you got hired? It was. It okay. was. And we've we've made uh, quite a few uh, improvements in the last five years. But yes, it, it was there. I think that was built during uh, Howard Dobson's time. Right. 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 The, okay. the previous staff really did a lot with with the hitting facilities and, and things like that. So sure. yeah. Uh, you, you talk about those big wins, and man, th- those are fun. That, that and it's it's just getting that consistency, you know. Um, and 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 those wins do certainly help with recruiting. You know, we play. Gosh, every time we play Alabama, we play them well. You know, mm-hmm. um, one run Baylor, same thing. We've got we've got a couple one run losses to the, and we and those could I actually played for Glenn Moore, who, who's out at Baylor now. He okay. was my coach at William Carey, so he has. Uh, you know, when you hear about transfers, when you hear about kids looking for a home, um, and me being a, um, I guess a relatively new head coach at the Division One level, um, it's when you get kids that are looking for a certain type of culture, and it helps when you've got a Pat Murphy that that'll throw your name out there, you know, and and, and a Glenn Moore and, and and friends like that who who will help you in the business, and then we've got. Um, you know, it's just Southern Miss is such a great place. All someone has to do is come on a visit to Southern Miss, and 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 I feel like we can get anybody in the country if we can just get them on a visit and get them talking to some of the fans uh, around Hattiesburg. And uh, and that's what's happened. You know, we've got some some big time. We've got three SEC transfers on the team right now. Um, two of them are uh, offered out of high school. They, they both chose to to go, you know, the SEC route. But when things didn't work out there, when I when I say things didn't work out, it's just that it wasn't an environment that they were comfortable in. Uh, you, you know, uh, Sarah Van Tyke was playing one, one of the best players, um, numbers wise, stats wise, at Ole Miss, and uh, and and she just said, you know what, I, I, I want to do something different. And uh, I had recruited her hard out of high school to uh, to William Carey, and then so she came, and uh, so just building those relationships that did help. We actually. Have beat Ole Miss. Uh, I think we've got a 500 record against Ole Miss since I've been there, and that and that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> but, sure. Uh, you know, so she said, "Hey, you know, I want a competitive program. I want to stay at a Division One level, and hey, I'm right there in my backyard." So she was able to come home. Uh, Lacey Summerlin. Uh, she started played shortstop for the University of Georgia for two years, and said, "You know what? I'm a I'm, I'm a." South Alabama kid. I, I want to be closer to home. I, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a family. She wants her little brother play football on Friday nights, and, and and it worked out. It was a win-win for both of us. Lacey's doing a super job for us on short, and, and certainly swinging a bat well for us. So it's just Southern Miss is, is such an inviting environment, and um, and and I think that has, has certainly helped with our culture. We were able to get Abby Trahan because she came on a visit and she talked about how nice everyone was uh, while she was on her visit. And, and understand, I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about teammates. I'm talking about when we walk in, uh, you know, a building on campus and somebody speaks and, and it's not, it's not rehearsed. We, we don't set it up. And, and uh, so, um, you know, Hattiesburg has certainly helped and, and the fans have, have definitely helped with recruiting and the, and the better we get with recruiting, um, the more ball games we're going to win. Sure, and as far as this team goes, um, started off the year five and zero, just on fire. Since that, you've really held your own. Um, just again, looking over what's happened so far this year, tons of one run games. I mean, yeah. this season could very easily have seen several more wins. I mean, like almost double digit more wins. So it talks. It looks like when you win, you pretty much win convincingly, and when you lose, you're almost over the hump right there. So. Just talk a little bit about about maybe getting over that hump. Like, you know, what's it gonna? You, you're, it's it's so close right now. It seems Gosh, to me. Gosh, I, I feel like you're in my head. Gosh, <laughs> it, it is so. I, I think I counted up the other day. Uh, we we had seven 
set this and this was uh, you know uh, last week we had seven cut wins. We, you know we, we shortened the game because we went by eight or more, and then at that time we had we had seven or eight one run losses. We've got a couple two run losses. I think the 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 worst game we played, and, and you know I told the girls that they knew it. I said this is this is the first game that we I said we didn't play well in any aspect of the game, and that was a South Hour. Unfortunately, that was at home last last week. And they got me by four runs. Four runs was the, our largest victory, I mean, largest margin of, of loss all year. And we played, uh, you know, number 16 Baylor twice. We played Alabama, who, who ended up going 32 and 0 before they lost the game, or, you know, ranked fourth in the country, fifth when we played them to one and two run losses. And it just, it, it's, it is, I, I, I don't know how to put my finger on it because I feel like we're just as good or better than everybody we play. And then I thought, well, that's my problem. I feel like we're just as good as anybody we play. So we could go anybody's, anybody's, you know, way. And so we've got to get the mindset that we're better than anybody. That there's, there's nobody who we play who should beat us. And that was the mindset that we took in the Utah. After that South Alabama, that was the mindset. Hey, going in here, I don't care that they're that have the top team team in conference to say who cares they're living in home We're about to go and we're going to show them that and, and we're going to dominate. And that was the mindset going into El Paso. That happened in game one and that happened in game three. Game two, um, I, I thought we I thought we turned the corner, Jason. That is a game that we're down three runs. Um, we, we don't score for a few innings and then we started chipping away in the fourth inning. Ended up pushing it to extras. Um, and then had two outs in the bottom of the eighth with Tata Davis, who ended up being a three-time national player of the week. Um, she was on that. But there was there was never a point in that game, even though we fell down uh, three to nothing and, and we were coming back and we had two freshmen out battling on the mound versus their, their senior. There was never a point in that game that anybody in our dugout felt we were going to lose. It, it was just... You know, they ended up hitting a ball. That air out there is unbelievable, too. But if they had hit a ball, it looked like it was a pop-up to left field. Ended up going about 201 feet. Uh, the fence is at 200 out there. So, um, you know, that was the difference. But still, after that game, nobody was satisfied with it get beat. But I feel like the, the feeling is different. And, uh, you know, came right back out Sunday and, and dominated. Um and that's what's going to get us over the hump is our mindset. We spent a lot of time this week talking about the mental side of the game because physically, if you look at our stats, uh, the, the bottom two lines on the stat sheet, you know, what your team has done and what everybody's done against you, and in every single category, there's not one category on that stat sheet that our competition is better than us. And uh, and, and it's just getting them uh, to believe that. You know, we, we've got 10 new players. Uh, we have seven freshmen, you know, getting – Getting seven freshmen to understand that just because we're a young team uh, doesn't mean that 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 we're not the best team, you know. And we just got that's just got to become our mindset. That's what happened at William Carey. That that's what happened at Pedal. Um, and, and it takes time, but we're going to have to keep. We're going to have to win some of these one-run games um, before we're thoroughly convinced. But um, but but I, I I think we're trending in the right direction. I I, I don't want to lose another ball game. I absolutely hate to lose. I don't mind getting beat. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind getting beat. If teams better than us. They play better than us. But I cannot stand to to lose a ball game. And I feel like the, these one run losses, we're a we're we're a double play that we're capable of turning away. We're, we're a clutch hit with, with runners and score. Those out of the seven one run losses, uh, at one time I think there was five that that we had. Seven to ten runners left on base, um, and, and we we just can't we can't do that. We, we so then we started having hey, somebody clutch. We took the big hits. We started chasing RBIs, um, you know, and and just wanting kids to, to get up there and compete and, and and want to win and want to do what it takes to win. So um, that's what's going to get us over the hump. It, it's just making a decision to do just that. Right, and you know, heck, the baseball team kind of went through that same exact thing uh, this year. Um, yeah, yeah, about two and a half, three weeks ago. You know, there's a lot of people getting ready to just step right off the ledge, but uh, but they've turned it around now. Maybe they found found that little thing like you're talking about. Um, but coming off that big trip, that that long, just humongously long trip to UTEP, uh, I bet you, right. I bet you're glad to be back in Hattiesburg for a little bit. 
Oh, yes. Got to the next two weekends at home. Uh, I don't know how we were fortunate enough to get back-to-back home conference weekends. That's the first time in five years we've done that. But we're, we're very uh, fortunate to, to have done that. And that's, it seemed like the first, we, we, we opened both at home, and there was so much excitement and so much love being surrounded by our fans. And I feel like that was a huge part of our success that, that first week. It's fun. It's new. Um, you know, and then for four weekends in a row, we were on the, you know, on the road and, uh, the, the new semester. And, and then you run into, um, midterms and, you know, you're out in El Paso and everybody's kind of stuff. So it, it's just such a relief when, when we can play at home. And, uh, so, so this week, it's, you know, you don't have to waste that. Friday, we're going to be able to practice instead of being, you know, on an airplane or on a bus all day. It's just, that's such a big difference when, when you're able to play at home. So Marshall coming into town this weekend. Um, just a couple more things, and we'll get you out of here. But Marshall coming into town this weekend. Um, what, what do fans need to know about coming out and catching these games? Um, do, do you want to get there early? Do you want to? Uh, how long do the games last? Um, what are some players maybe to look for when they come out there? I know you mentioned a couple of them already, and like Tata and uh, and uh, was the Abby Abby Trahan Abby um, yeah. I, and, and there's a host of others. But um, could you just take it from there? Maybe somebody, some of the listeners uh, that hadn't made it out to softball yet this year, um, is where's it located? Um, how do they get there? How much does it cost? Uh, just take it away. Okay. Well, uh, as far as the, how long the game is, it's only about two hours. It is two exciting hours. I tell you, if, if, what you need to look for, you need to what you need to get in a position where you can see inside our dugout. We have the, the, the most fun, the most exciting dugout, I, I feel like, in the NCAA. And uh, everywhere we go, you never know what they're going to be doing. You don't know what, what you, you know, softball's got a lot of rah-rah. And I'm not going to say I'm a big fan of that. You know, I, I think I'd be a baseball coach if that let me. Um, but there, there is a lot of excitement, a lot of talking, a lot of dancing, um, a lot of um a lot of things that you see, a lot of traditions with the softball. Uh, look for what we do when, when we hit a double and we're standing on second. Look for what every kid does when they get the first base. Every kid's got a handshake and, and, and something to do with Castro. Uh, our pregame is a lot of fun. To get there, uh, you know, 10 minutes before the game starts, we, we go around. We have a pretty pretty exciting pregame. Most teams just do long line, short run. We do a full field. Uh, a lot of excitement uh, in that. Uh, this weekend is actually a Disney weekend. I've never been a part of a Disney weekend, so I don't know what marketing is going to do with that. But uh, who knows? There may be Mickey and Minnie around the around the complex. But um, uh, you know, some players that you need to watch. You need to look for the reigning national player of the week, Tata uh, Day, Alyssa Davis. We we all call her Tata. She plays third base. She's from Philadelphia, Mississippi. That's an exciting. She's super fast. Uh, she can hit the ball out of the park. She can drop a bunt and be it out. She certainly can steal a base, and, and she's uh, she holds her own on that hot corner. Does a good job. Abby Trahan, uh, Conference USA Pitcher of the Week last week, um, certainly our number one. We've got a great pitching staff, but Abby is, is the kid who's going to get the ball two out of three times every weekend. She carries herself. You want to see a confident competitor? You, you need to come watch Abby in that circle. She uh, there, there's nobody in this country. And she thinks that she cannot uh, get out, and uh, I love the attitude and the uh, the competitive mindset that she takes out in the circle with her. And got a kid named Destiny Brown in, in, in center field. That's probably the smoothest top five two athlete I've, I've ever had the the honor to, to coach. And uh, she does some really good things out there. Um, so you know, we got three seniors from at the top. She's going to be a mainstay behind the plate. Has been for four years. And uh, she's going to be behind the plate. Got Chase Nelson and Sarah Van Scheidt. That's our other two seniors. Sarah's going to be on first. Chase's going to be on second. Um, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun, man. Just come on out. If you've, if you've never been to a Southern Miss softball game uh, and, and go to baseball, again, I love baseball. I'm a huge fan. In my dream life, I'd be a baseball scout uh, and just get paid to watch baseball and, and analyze players. But our game is, going, is so fast compared to baseball. Um, it, it, it's a quick game. Uh, it's, it's, you know, they're, the, the pitcher, the mound, it was 43 feet. That ball's coming in there. Uh, it, it's just unbelievable, the excitement. So if you've never been out to see one, you need to get out there. Admission from 4 to $8 uh, is, is what that is. So um, would love to have everyone come out and see. Marshall's going to bring in a good team. Marshall's one of the top teams in Conference USA. Uh, they swing the bats well. They've got two 
really good pitchers, and, uh, and, and we look to look to give them a fight. Uh, we're certainly planning to take the series this weekend. For sure. And uh, Saturday, uh, doubleheader starting at 1 o'clock, so roughly that will be a 1 o'clock and a 3 o'clock start. And right. then Sunday at noon. Um, I'm definitely going to try to make some of those games with Mickey and Minnie out there, possibly. My two-year-old is going to love that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, you guys can uh, you guys can follow Coach Hogue uh, on Twitter at USM Coach Hogue. You can also follow uh, USM Softball at Southern Miss SB. Coach, you are the best. Thank you so much. Um, the positive energy just um, is infectious. Um, good luck this weekend, and um, I hope you guys make a run. You know, I was looking at your schedule, uh, and I see that. You don't just list the schedule and then the conference championship. You go ahead and you put the regional on there. You put the super regional on there and you put the world series on there. So, hey. uh, I mean, you got to think big. Uh, we love it. Um, with everybody, hey, well, that, there's no vision. The people will perish, right? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> coach, thank you so much for doing this. And, um, and you guys get out there and watch some uh, softball this weekend. And, and, and I'll, I'll for sure, I'll for sure come say hello. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. To the top. To the top. You can catch the softball team in action this Saturday, March the 30th, kicking off a three-game homestand against the Marshall Thundering Herd. Game one, 1 p.m. on Saturday. Tickets from 4 to $8. It's a great time, so be sure you go out there and check them out. Then, on Wednesday, April the 3rd, they will be on the road at South Alabama. So if you're in the Mobile area or within driving distance, come out and support these Lady Eagles. All right, let's somewhat shut it down. Special thanks to our guest this week, Wendy Hogue. You can follow her on Twitter at USM Coach Hogue. You can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey on Facebook as well and Instagram. Be sure you go vote for To The Top Talk for Best Local Podcast and this year's Best of the Pine Belt Awards. Voting going on right now at FestivalSouth.org. Let's give a couple of shout-outs. Shout-out to CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com. Shout-out to our man Drew Wick helping us sling the graphics. Got to give a quick rest in peace to my man Mark Clark. Some of you may have known him as Insurance Eagle on some of the message boards. A Golden Eagle to the core. One of the most knowledgeable Southern Miss fans that that I've met in this lifetime. I hadn't seen him in quite some time. I knew he had some ailments, but he passed away this week. Um, he will be missed by so many Southern Miss fans. I mean, this is a guy that so many people knew and loved. And, uh, and the last time I saw him, he said he enjoyed the show, so I certainly appreciated that. <laughs> also, Last for Life 2019 with Frank Caliendo and special guest Keith Alberstadt. It's going to be on Friday. August the 2nd, 2019. Tickets are going to go on sale this Friday. Go check out my man Nate Bargatze special on Netflix, The Tennessee Kid. And also, if you are in the Hattiesburg area, put this date on your calendar. This is going to be April the 23rd. That is a Tuesday. This is the day that we're going to vote for the 1% Park and Recreation Proposal. So basically what this is, it's going to be a 1% tax. I believe it's on um, tourism, food and beverage, and the hotels and the like. You can go to the city of Hattiesburg's website and Facebook page and look up all the details. But what this will benefit is uh, not only the parks and recreation for the city of Hattiesburg. There's numerous projects out there that this is going to be going towards. But this, the other half of that is going to go towards the renovation of Reed Green Coliseum. So, be sure you make plans to go out and vote. Yes, for this 1% parks and recreation proposal. It's going to benefit the city. The Southern Miss benefits the city. There's so many things that we could be able to do with the renovated Coliseum. There's so many times we get passed up for concerts. As a promoter, I know this. So, it would be absolutely incredible to have a venue where we can do these types of things. Go check out uh, Toby's Facebook page. He gives you a lot more information on this. Also, there's going to be some chatter online about, uh, there's going to be some negative chatter, obviously. Steer clear of that. Try not to get any online debates. You stay positive. You stay in your lane. You rally the Southern Miss Faithful that you know. You rally the city of Hattiesburg 
faithful that you know that are on board with this and want to see big things happen and continue to happen for the Hub City. So remember that on your calendar, April the 23rd, mark it down, get out and vote, tell your friends. This is not like I'd say about the show. If, you, if, you, if you're for it, tell your friends. If they're not for it, don't tell them. <laughs> All right, now let's shut it down. Look for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington on iTunes, Google, and Jason Bailey, by the way, on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review and whatnot. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>